0: Welcome to season two of the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me in season one and meeting me here every week. It was so much fun. Now that I kind of know the ropes of podcasting, I'm ready to make my podcast better. And that is what's going to happen in season two. In season two, we're digging into all things spring. We're going to talk about planting, we're going to talk about soil feeding, watering, how to keep your garden thriving. And we're going to dig into our favorite vegetables like tomatoes and cucumbers, squash and zucchini. We're going to talk about maximizing space in our gardens, about herbs and all the different ways we can use them. We're going to talk about melons and we're going to talk about planning ahead to keep our garden growing even when it gets super hot outside. There's so much here in season two And I cannot wait to get into every last bit of it with you. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss a thing. Let's dig in as today's episode, we're going to be talking about planting. I'm answering all your questions. Welcome to season two. Hey, Zone 9 Gardener. Did you know that you can harvest year round where you live? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest beautiful vegetables and herbs 52 weeks a year. There's no need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder and creator of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, and I'm going to show you how to turn your garden into a Wild Child Garden on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. The first question I want to dig right into right off the bat is the question I get asked the most often. It has to do with plant labels and spacing. One question I'm asked a lot is Do I actually have to follow the spacing requirements on the plant label when I'm planting my vegetables in my raised beds? That answer is a little more complicated than just a yes or a no. But to be clear, those plant labels are directed to gardeners growing in rows not gardeners growing in raised beds gardens that are grown in raised beds can typically be a little more condensed you can maximize your space whereas you can't really do that with with rows so technically you don't have to grow with the same requirements and same spacing as the label is going to ask of you especially if you're growing in a raised bed they don't really apply to you but if you're growing in a raised bed, you do need to have the soil that can back up those plants. You can't just go and put a bunch of plants in a braised bed that does not have nutrient rich soil and just kind of hope for the best. That's not going to work either. I have a download for you. If you visit www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash podcast and click on this episode, you are going to find... A quick link to a download that's going to give you proper spacing for all of your favorite spring and summer veggies when they're grown in a raised bed. This spacing is one of those things that once you know it, you know it. I want you to print it out and always keep it close by. If you're growing in nutrient-rich soil, you can grow many, many more plants than you could if you were growing in a traditional row. So while your spacing plant label requirements don't necessarily matter, and we don't have to follow them, it is important that we do give these vegetables the spacing that they need. This download is going to show you exactly how to do that. Visit www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash podcast to grab that download today. The second question I'm asked so often is how do I plant my tomatoes? Do I have to bury them deep? Should I trench them? What do I do? This is a great question. And for many, many years, I did not know the answer to this question and I didn't do it properly, but I still did harvest tomatoes. However, when you know how to properly plant your tomatoes, what you're gonna find is that you have a better plant. And a better plant is going to give you more fruit. That's because plants know what they can hold, what they can sustain. And so if they can't sustain a lot of fruit, they're not going to make a lot of fruit. This is why we want to bury our tomato plants. It's very, very simple to do. When you get your plant from the nursery, you can look and see up the stalk is going to have maybe one or two random branches or random sets of leaves. But then when you get to the top of the tomato plant, you're going to see that it's got a lot of leaves. That's all you want sticking out of your soil. Just the top four or so inches of your tomato plant. Everything else is going to be buried. That's because your plant will actually put out roots and develop a much stronger root system on the very part that is buried. This helps so much establish a very strong plant, which will yield you more fruit. Now, sometimes if you go to the nursery, you're going to get a transplant that is really tall. Or if you've grown them in your own greenhouse, chances are they're going to be big, like 18 to 24 inches tall. You can't really dig down a hole that deep, right? In that instance, you're going to trench your tomatoes very, very simple. Plant them horizontally instead of vertically. So instead of digging a hole that's deep, dig a trench that's wide. When you do this, you are going to be able to lay your tomato plant down in the trench and then turn up its top set of leaves and then bury the whole stalk So it's almost like your tomato plant is being buried in the sand at the beach. Do you remember that as a kid? That's what we're doing with these tomatoes. When you do that, you're going to allow this tomato plant to put down roots all along the stem. And that's going to help him be super, super strong. Again, yielding you much more fruit. The problem with not burying deep or trenching is that you're going to end up with a very weak stalk. So while you might end up still getting a big luscious tomato plant, when that plant starts setting fruit, that stalk is going to be very susceptible to breaking. You don't want that. That would be devastating. So make sure that you bury your tomatoes or you trench them for best results the next question I get asked a lot is what about all this space in between you have 18 inches in between tomatoes and all this empty space below well that is a wild child garden specialty we leave no soil uncovered we want to have something growing in all of those spaces But you have to know really how to do this. I'm gonna tell you very, very quickly. When you are planning out your beds, which by the way, do not go to the nursery without a plan for your garden beds. That will end up in you growing a very overcrowded garden and that's not gonna be good. What you want instead is a garden that is intensively planted. This garden is going to have just one or two Vegetables in each bed, and we call these our bully vegetables. So, this is like your tomatoes, your squash, and zucchini, your cucumbers, your peppers, your eggplant. These are your main vegetables. Pick one or two for each bed, and however many you can fit in there, excellent. But chances are you're going to end up with some empty spacing in between your plants. What do you do in that empty space? You add your herbs your flowers, and leafy greens. When you do this, everything will start working together. Remember we talked about diversity in your beds. This is something that we want. When you have a diverse vegetable garden, you are going to deter pests, you're going to help prevent disease, and you're gonna keep those weeds completely out because they are not gonna have anywhere to sprout. I love planting basil and marigolds around my tomatoes. I love planting lemon balm sunflowers around my squash and zucchini. It's a lot of fun to intensively plant, but again, you want to make sure you are still giving your plants the spacing that they need. We're not overcrowding. We're intensively planting two very different things, but absolutely use every single square inch of soil in that garden. The next question I'm asked all the time is, how often do I water? This is a great question, and I have a really simple answer for you. You water when your plants need water. Now, how about that for an answer? How do you know when your plants need water? When they are thirsty. (laughs) Do you feel like we're like a Russian uh, nesting doll right now? Like Every time you get an answer, you're getting another question. You water when your plants are thirsty. How do you know they're thirsty? Their soil is dry. Here's a very quick way to determine whether or not your soil needs to be watered. It's called the finger test, and we use it inside the Kitchen Garden Academy and Garden Club. You're going to take your finger, stick it as far down as you possibly can in between your plants and pull it out. If your finger is dry and dusty and warm, time to water. If your finger is moist and cool, your plants are just fine. Here's what we forget. We forget that the top layer of our soil is going to dry out faster than the deeper parts of our bed. So while the top layer of soil may appear to be dry, chances are where the root systems are for our plants are perfectly moist and exactly the type of consistency that our vegetables want to be growing in. For this reason, we don't want to continue overwatering. Number one, it's going to keep those roots from going deep. And remember, deep roots are going to equal healthier, stronger plants. And the second reason we don't want to overwater is because it's worse to overwater than underwater. If our plants are constantly saturated, then they're not photosynthesizing at their full capacity. And they're also not going to be able to take up any nutrients. They're full of water. You want to let your plant get thirsty before you feed it. The final question I want to go over with you today is an excellent, excellent question. I was asked yesterday, can you plant different varieties of the same vegetable in the same bed? That answer is a resounding absolutely yes. In the wild child garden, diversity doesn't stop with the vegetables that we grow we also want diversity in variety. That's because we wanna keep our gardens growing all the time. By planting a tomato that is going to be ready for harvest early, we'll get early tomatoes. But we won't get all of our tomatoes early because we're also gonna plant varieties that take a couple more weeks to be ready to harvest. And we're also gonna plant a couple more varieties that will take even longer than that. That keeps our garden growing and growing and growing. When you have a garden that is as diverse as the varieties of the beds, you have a garden that grows nonstop. And a garden that grows nonstop is a garden that thrives. So put those varieties in. Make sure you're choosing an early producer, a mid-season producer, and a late producer. This is going to give you lots of vegetables all season long. Thank you so much for joining me today for the very first episode of season two. Happy spring to you and happy growing. Don't forget to go download your free quick little guide to show you exactly how much space your favorite spring and summer veggies need. You can get that download at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Garden at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time.